2: Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
1: To another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit joined as always by Alex Barth to break down the Patriots Game 2 matchup against the Miami Dolphins, which took place last night on Sunday Night Football, which the Patriots unfortunately dropped 24 17 and they fell to 0 and 2 for the first time since 2001 So kind of unfamiliar territory here for, for the Patriots. But before we, you know, really start to break into that game here, we'll hit on a, a few quick roster moves today. Um, because some practice squad spots open open back up because the Denver Broncos plucked Ronnie Perkins, a uh, third rounder a few years ago, off the Patriots practice squad, and then the team released uh, Matt Corral off the exempt list and they released Ian book who they signed last week on the practice squad. So some more of that, that QB shuffling going on here and you'd imagine they usually like to have three. So you'd imagine they they bring another guy in here to just keep playing these musical chairs until one sticks, I guess, but uh, some, some shuffling there for the, for the Patriots today.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, it goes back to, I think we all, I know there were some people that thought Corral was like this guy that was going to come in and push Mac. He was never that Ian books terrible. I don't know why he was here to begin with. Yeah. I I'll, I'm guessing there'll be another quarterback that comes through some sort of like mobile, super unpolished passer that'll be here for a couple of weeks and they'll just keep rotating through him. So that didn't surprise me. Ronnie Perkins just never caught on. He was never healthy. I think that was his biggest issue. If, if he'd gotten healthy, he might've had a chance. I thought he had some good natural tools, but didn't get on the field at all. His rookie year, Last year was on IR, I think before camp started, I know it was before that cut down day, So he was never coming back. So we'll see what he does in Denver, but a rare sense of where a top 100 pick never appears in a game for a team. The Patriots have had a couple of those in the last 10 years. Duke Dawson is one. Antonio Garcia is another, but that one's kind of different. That was a medical issue with him. But, uh, you know, the rest of the class, Mac Jones, Christian Bar- Barmore, Ramondre Stevenson, there's some players there, but... It's not far from their worst class, but you you got to hit on those top one hundred picks.
1: Yep, A little disappointing because I thought he had a good end to the the summer there. That last preseason game in, on Tennessee, he had some interesting flashes, but it looked like he got hurt again in that game too. So just could never you know be healthy enough to to stay on the field. But Denver saw enough to take a shot on him, so he's over there then. Yeah, we'll just see what happens with the quarterbacks. How many of these guys do we need to go to until Garrett Gilbert gets back here some, right. somehow? So, um, but those were the, the roster shuffling today. So again, they have two open spots now on the practice squad. Those could be filled at any point here. But we can get over to the game now. 24-17. And Alex, have you ever seen a game unfold like that where the home team yeah. gets in a big hole and then almost mounts a comeback but falls up short?
0: Yeah, I, I said it last week that that game in week one was so weird to cover because there's going into a game. There's a lot like just covering it from our angle, the way we watch stuff. You know, you never want to be repetitive. You're always trying to look for new angles in in how to cover a game. And, and week one, in a lot of ways, is the hardest week to cover because you have so much uh, so much can change. Right. You have so many narratives from the summer, from the mm. off season that just suddenly shift. We, we've seen that manifest in a number of different ways in recent years from, you know, I go back to Michael and when it was some six round guard that wasn't supposed to play. And then he was the starting right tackle week one in 2020 or um, the running back usage last year with Ty Montgomery getting hurt and things like that. The one thing you're never worry about in week one is being repetitive is being repetitive in your coverage. And last <laughs> week it definitely felt like, I, I like, I'm it might as well have been week 19 of the 2022 season. There were some differences with the offense and in, in terms of schematically, but the game flow is the same, the self inflicted mistakes are the same. And then, wouldn't you know it, you come back out and it's week two, and, and I'm worried about being repetitive again. And this is becoming a theme. Like, I, I again, I'm sitting next to Mike in the press box, and he asked me who's going to win the game. Same conversation we had last week, it's Groundhog Day. I, the Patriots can win these games. But they're just not. And until I see them do it, it, it's hard to believe they're going to do it. My whole takeaway last week was, Brian, if you remember, that game was, week one, was whatever you Mm -hmm. wanted it to be. If you were optimistic about the team, there certainly was plenty to be optimistic about. But at the same time, there was this overarching thing of basically that's been the case for them the last three years. Are you willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that this year will be different? After last night, it's really hard to give them the benefit of the doubt because they essentially got a do-over against a worse team. It was the same. I mean, down to like the late turnover and the last play just being weird as hell and all of it. (laughs) They got a redo, and it was the exact same result. So it's getting harder and harder to look at this thing. And we're just two weeks in, but it's getting hard to look at it and say, oh, no, they'll turn it around. Because it just looks too much like it's looked, and this goes—I know people are going to say that I'm—I'm I'm picking on Matt Patricia. No, this looks like it looked in 22. This looks like it looked in 21. This look like looks like it looked in 20. Honestly, kind of looks like it looked at the end of 19, yeah. when Brady was still here. This has just been a thing, and I—I I, I go back to the people want to want to point at Mac, and I—I I don't think Mac was perfect last night. I think he, same thing as last week. If his performance in that game was their biggest issue, they probably win. You Switch the quarterbacks, the dolphins still win that game with Mac Jones, Patriots of Tua. I believe that. But that stat about him not being able to win, you know, late games. Uh that goes back beyond him. It goes it, it goes back to Cam. It goes back to uh Jimmy Garoppolo in and, and Jacoby Brissett in some of those games. Like it's it's really just a Brady thing, is is what it is. They don't have brady and they're never going to be as good as they, they were with Brady. And, I. you know, Evan kind of gave that spiel, like Tom Brady wins the game. It's like, congratulations, you proved Mac Jones is not as good as Tom Brady. Hot take of the year. But they're, they're expecting that level of consistency coming back late in games is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But this is too far in the other direction where you still need to be able to do it some of the time. And until they do it, it's, you know, again, they're putting, them in, 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 they're putting themselves in spots to do it, which is good. And you'd like to think eventually they'll break through. But it's just they gotta break through. And it's it's how many tries is this gonna take?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was so consistent. It came down to like the exact same spot on the field on a right. fourth down, inches away. But like yeah. in,
0: honestly, in terms of where, where Cole Strange was tackled, that was what 20 feet from, from where K Booty yeah. made his <laughs> catch in like it real was space.
1: And just inches away too from converting it. It was yeah. unbelievable. But yeah, they gotta they gotta finish one of these games and and you hope if they can get one maybe you know it's like a basketball player they always say you just gotta see one go in the hoop right and maybe once they get one then they can get the ball rolling here but they, they can't finish it and it still comes back to how they start games they you heard almost everyone who took the podium last night everyone who spoke in the locker room yesterday on the offensive side of the ball and some guys on the defense too they just say we need to start faster too we can't keep digging ourselves into these holes cuz it impacts the rest of the game you know you have mac he's dropped back over 100 times i think over the you know the first two weeks and you have a banged up offensive line that has given up a lot of pressure the starts of these games are impacting how they finish them and then they they just can't finish them so it it's it's the same script and, and until they can prove that they can finish it it's just it's tough to think they are going to like, I rem- there was seven point game when they got the ball back at some point in the fourth quarter. And I sit next to Kevin and John from the new England football journal. I'm like, we all know they're going to go score here and then they're going to get the ball like two more times and then just get stopped. And they're going to probably lose by a touchdown. And it's exactly what happened. because we've seen it so many times over these last few years. Yeah.
0: And it's, it, and it's the same reasons it's, it's pen, it's penalties. It's uh just, You know, miscommunications, poor situational awareness, all the things that were uncharacteristic for 20 years are very characteristic now.
1: Yep. So we can get into some of the scheme and breaking down some of the players, but I want to start one specific spot on something that's still bothering me from last night, and it's Demario Douglas, because he played the first two drives. He played six out of 16 snaps. He was targeted twice. He caught both of them. He was awesome after the catch until Bradley Chubb made a great play behind him and forced a fumble, and he wasn't seen from, again, outside of a few punt returns because Marcus Jones got hurt, but he never played uh, another offensive snap throughout the night, and we can actually hear Bill was asked about it after the game, and we can hear his response quickly. Whoops, sorry. What went into
2: this? Z- into the decision to keep Demario Douglas off the field after his first quarter fumble. Yeah, we played all of our skill players. It, like I don't play. I don't think we saw him take another offensive snap after that play. Well, I mean, look, we had a lot of production on offense, so. Parker had a good day, he had, just like he had a good day, Hunter had a good day, Juju, KB. So, had, you know, a lot of good players can't play everybody.
1: So they played everyone he said and they had a lot of offensive production which i don't know if you know 4.1 yards per play like under 300 yards on 70 plays is a good a lot of good offensive production for you alex but they need they need demario douglas out there he's their most you know dynamic route runner i know he fumbled after the catch but he averaged nine and a half yards per catch Uh, according to pff and the rest of the receivers was like 2.5 2.6 so they need that skill set out there as much as possible i understand if you want to bench him a series two series like make let him know the point ball security but they need him out there and this can't be a multi-week thing
2: snap into action this nfl season with fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining Fanduel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over/unders, and more. So visit Fanduel.com/slash/Boston and kick off the NFL season. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. Twenty-one plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gambling MA.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1 800 GAM 1234. It, it it really can't.
0: And, and that was so bad last night. So bad. And all right, let me start here. Fumbles happen. They're bad. Fumbles are bad. You don't want to turn the ball over. You don't, but they do happen. The reality of the game, it's not like he was careless with the football. It was a really good play by, it was David long jr. Right. Who forced that
1: uh, Chubb. That one was Chubb. Chubb
0: Bradley. Chubb. I don't know why I've been thinking it was long. Long was the one who had the costly sack later in the game. Yeah. That's a really great play by Bradley Chubb. And, it's Look, he's a rookie. He he pulls away from linebackers in college. He's not going to do it in the NFL. He needs to learn that. You want to sit him down? You want to give him a drive-off? You want to give him the second quarter off? I, I get it. I'm not excusing the fumble, but, man, you can't do this thing where you just bury a guy for one mistake, where you, where you never see a rookie again after one mistake. And, yeah, I'm legitimately worried we're not going to see Demario Douglas again this year, and they need him. They need that explosive player in their offense because the other thing they did, they kept trying to go to plays for him. They ran orbit motion to Juju. They ran two tunnel screens to Devontae Parker, two of the slowest wide receivers on the team. They're not even getting Kendrick Bourne involved, but like, no, if you're going to bench tomorrow, Douglas, you don't get to run those plays anymore. That's just the reality of it. But let the kid go back out there. He made a mistake. You don't have the margin where you can do that. They could do it once a long time ago, but they can't anymore. And he's a good player. He's an explosive player. Again, fumbles happen. You can't just blacklist a guy because he fumbled the ball once. And then for Bill to come up and say that and essentially deny the fact he benched him and talk about offensive production, 288 yards, 17 points, uh, 4.1 4.1 yards per play. That's not offensive production. If that's good offensive production, I mean, one of two things happened. Either Bill outright lied, which is possible, which he doesn't do often, or he thinks that's a good offensive game. And it kind of proves this thing we've all thought that they're trying to win every game 10 to 3. Yep. And that's why he benched Douglas because the, the, and he sort of admitted it on the radio this morning. The most important thing is not turning the ball over because as long as you don't give the other team a short field, he trusts the defense and you take off that turn. Like the stat I bet he's looking at right now more than anything else is of the four touchdowns they've given up this year, three have been off turnovers and that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about the offense, moving the ball. He doesn't care about the offense scoring significant points. He just doesn't want them turning the ball over. So the defense has room to work and you saw it in that benching last night. And that was, was, so frustrating in the way he handled it i mean it it's different because it's a different position but it reminded me a little bit of the bears game last year where you very clearly benched the guy on too soon of a hook and you just won't admit it because why because you don't want to embarrass him saying what you said kind of puts it in the spotlight (laughs) yeah and 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 i'll bring this up too because i've seen this point made the fumble was a killer the vibe changed the vibe changed because they took their most explosive offensive player off the field. Let him go back out there and keep trying to make plays. Guess what? On other NFL teams, guys turn the ball over and come back in and make up for it. You see it happen uh, hundreds, maybe even thousands of times in the history of the league that a guy fumbles and then makes a play later in the game. It's happened here once or twice, believe it or not. Yeah. So I that just... As you can tell, that one got me.
1: I'm so annoyed. This is the kind of
0: player they've needed in the lineup for years. We finally had it. By the way, everything else on that play up to that was perfect. Awesome. Great call. Great design by Bill O'Brien. You have Mike Kosicki kind of come over the top, pulls the defenders with him. DeMario Douglas gets a clean release underneath, catches the ball in space, makes a guy miss, gets that cut, keeps going. If he just goes down with the ball, I mean, that's a great play. It wasn't because he fumbled, but give another chance to make that play. And let's see if he's learned and holds on to the football. Because if he can make that play consistently, yeah, it sucks he fumbled. It's a learning experience, but you can build on that. Instead of, yes, he benched him. I don't care what, oh, we had offensive production. We had to play everybody. That's a really weird usage plan. If you're going to play the guy in the first quarter, target him heavily when he's on the field, and then not play him again. If that was the plan coming into the game, that is a really bizarre usage plan. This guy's shown a ton of promise. I know he's still young. I know he's still a rookie. But there's only one way to find out. There's been too many young players they've had that make one mistake, and then we just never find out if they're good or not because they never play them. And that's how a lot of these draft busts happen. You got to put the guy out there and see if he can play or not because the guys ahead of them, it's not like they're doing anything more. It's not like there's some massive drop-off. It's not like you're like, oh, we got to put, we don't want to take this guy out to put him on the field because this guy's playing well. Devontae Parker playing super well. Is Juju Smith-Schuster playing super well? They're not. So you got to put him out there and see what he is. You just have to do that. Even if he fumbles once, it happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it looked like he was going to kind of take the uh, Juju role early on. Like he was playing a lot. And when he was out there, he was getting targeted. And I had like, those first two drives, they were mostly in 11 personnel. You mentioned like the vibe changing outside of the first three plays when they opened it with those three tight end packages. And then they bench Douglas and they basically sit in 12 with Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker. Then they mix in like Juju and Kendrick Bourne. And that's just, it's a slow group, right? It's not a very explosive group. And And that's why
0: I want to bring this up too. And I don't mean to keep going back and forth with this guy, but I think it's an important point. Me saying that there's not a drop off to that group because they're proven. What does proven mean? Juju Smith-Schuster was a thousand yard receiver five years ago. Great. What does that mean? Devontae Parker toasted Stefan Gilmore twice, four years ago. What does that mean? Pro- nice. Proven. What has Juju Smith-Schuster proven? He missed the whole spring and wasn't available in the summer. He, or, or wasn't a, um, a part of the offense in the summer. He wasn't involved in the summer, not available, involved. What is, what it, it's a, what have you done for me lately league? DeMario Douglas looked better. Than Devonte Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster did this summer.
1: Yeah, yeah. If if, you...
0: if, if if we're getting proven guys, go. Calvin Johnson's very proven. Go pull him out of <laughs> retirement. I, I I'm sorry. I just I hate this. We we and we've done this with Mac, and we do this with all these different positions. I hate this argument. Oh, he's proven. Then 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 go get Jerry Rice. He's certainly proven. <laughs> then go get. Uh, why, why don't we call Rob Gronkowski? Why don't we call Julian Edelman? They're proven. They've proven they can do it. It's what have you done for me lately?
1: Yeah, if you took someone who'd never watched you know, football before and just said watch from the start of the spring or summer to now, they would all say DeMario Douglas is, deserves to be on and the field. Over just go back, because I didn't mean to pick on that one comment. That, this is the Patriots'
0: philosophy, is the veterans are safer. The veterans are safer. They allow us to play a safe game. We're going to put them out there. But they don't have the talent to play a safe game and do what they need to do on offense. So you need to take some chances. And Demario Douglas, off what he has shown, not saying he's established, but off what he has shown, I think is a guy you've got to take a risk with and put on the field and see what he can do. And you got to give him a little more of a leash than just one fumble.
1: Yep. I definitely agree. And I just, like I said to open this conversation, I hope it's not a multi-week thing because they, right. they can't afford it where their offense is at right now. They need that... That skill set, that skill set out on the field. And I'm not like, Devontae Parker, good player, had a, had a good game last night. He's your ex, like Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki, still good players, but yeah, it's just that skill set DeMario Douglas have, you, you need that to complement those guys. So you, you just need him out on the field. And he said all the right things. Douglas, after the game, said, like, I'm, I'm going to learn from that. I needed that. You know, I'm more aware now moving forward. He, he admitted he just kind of made that little... That little turn and just saw green grass. He's like, I got excited, honestly, and just he lost the ball. Great play by Bradley Chubb too. That that was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, hope it's,
0: it, that was one of those like those guys get paid to play. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
0: I I saw Julian Edelman get tripped on a play like that once. Like it happens. Yeah. It doesn't mean you want it to happen. It doesn't mean it's okay. But no yeah. no team in the history of the league's ever finished a season without turning the ball over. Even the really really good ones, it happens. Yeah. And you just got to move on from it. You can't let it. Roadblock you
1: mm-hmm. yep. so they need him out there. And they also need to start to figure out this offensive line because that was a problem again. Uh, even with Cole Strange and Mike on back on didn't go wire to wire. He played sixty two percent of the snaps. He told us a few hours ago that was part of the plan, right? Kind of ease him back in. So Antonio Maffi took his place. and then Trent Brown was out with that concussion. So we had Vidarian Lowe on the left side calvin anderson still at the right side and, and chris collinsworth said it pretty well during the broadcast he's like this this unit doesn't have any continuity right now right there's bodies in and out over the summer we know all these injuries they're struggling there so you'd ex- assume when stranger and when you get going a little little more wire to wire with andrews and and trent brown if he can come back that it's going to be okay but that right tackle spot is kind of worrisome calvin anderson he didn't look great again last night and still he's a guy that missed the whole summer so you don't want to kind of rag on him too much here but it, it wasn't great he gave up four pressures and just another the offensive line was just negatively impacted like they couldn't get the run game going they weren't able to really push the ball downfield and Part of the reason, you know, when you're playing from behind and the defense can kind of just pin their ears back and pass rush right now, it just kind of emphasizes the problem. So another not so great performance there up front.
0: Yeah. I I think it all tracks back to the offensive line for a number of reasons. Uh, The run game's not there. Another rough rushing night last night. I think it was 2.9 yards per carry, which is more than double what they averaged last week. But 2.9 Two point nine yards per carry outside of that that Mac Jones scramble. And yes, we're taking that out. That's not like a designed run call. Um that was obviously not uh Yeah, Zeke and a-
1: Zeke and Ramondre were 20 carries for 63 total yards. So like two point okay. nine, yeah.
0: Yeah, so so not great there. <clears throat> um so that's making them be one dimensional. I think both in the run and the pass, you're seeing they're calling plays around the offensive line. They're like the toss play. They don't want to run between the tackles because they don't yeah. trust the offensive line to move the other team's defensive line. Uh, you're seeing just so many quick release passes, and look, we knew that was going to be a part of it. it. It needs to be a part of it, but there's no payoff off of it. There's no, you know, they can't hit the play action when they're uh, when when they're not running the ball, and there's not much set up off of it. Yeah, it's the offensive line's the biggest problem right now. You saw Calvin Anderson, he had a rough night against Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, I I Cole Strange had a I don't know who this was on I shouldn't say Cole Strange off, off the bat. But they had that bad third down sack early in the game. Remember from David I, Long where
1: I think that was Strange. He went kind of like right. They didn't pick
0: So, the- yeah, I well I it might not have been communicated. Yeah. Cuz he Long comes up late and That could be Mac Andrews strange. Somebody there has to check and say, call out the blitz call hot
1: goes back to the continuity, right? You need all those guys on the same page.
0: Right. But they never do it. Uh, Cole strange goes doubles the, the, the tackle with, with David Andrews in the line and comes right through. So it looks like it's on Cole strange, but we don't, we don't know without knowing what the call was. I do want to be fair on that, but either way, it was a down play for the offensive line. It was a negative play for the offensive line and Mac Jones. They they missed the blitz. They just straight up missed the blitz. So, We'll see what happens when they start getting guys back, but concussions are tricky and it sounds like Michael and Wenu might still be in and out for a couple games. Uh it's they're still gonna have to work around this offensive line for at least a couple of weeks, and y- you don't want to get to the point where you finally have your offensive line group and it's too late.
1: Yep. I mean, there were just so many like second and twos, third and ones, and they just couldn't pick them up trying to like just run unless they did the tush push they installed the tush push and and that like bailed them out in those short yard situations but yeah they need to find something going there and do you think there's anything o'brien can do to to help that more like under because it still feels like they're trying to do a lot of these you know spread them out speed runs you know rpos but you know Mondre and zeke are more like downhill power guys do you think they should maybe implement a little more of this under center run stuff and, and try to get those go those guys going you know that way and they haven't run a lot of play action either which which is another thing so do you think yeah, O'Brien well- can figure something out here to maybe get a little more out of that run game even with these o-line kind of struggles
0: yeah, maybe, you know, for play action, got to be able to run the ball a little bit, which they can't do. I'd like to see an adjustment. I'd like to see them make is give me some more time on your running back. If you're going to run some of the stuff where where you need the running back to really just get out of the backfield quickly, put the fastest running back you have in the game.
1: He so, was the best one last la- last year's training camp at that, like outside zone stuff.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't think he's played a single snapper running back. This no. year, I know he has played some wide receiver. If he, he didn't play the running back last night. Maybe he did in the first game and I'm, I'm blanking on it. Maybe he did a couple of snaps, but that's an adjustment I'd make. Also just on the tush push thing. I don't know if you want, if you want to, if you're planning on getting to that challenge or not um, in the fourth quarter, but I think that ties into the offensive line too, where they have the, the third and two Ramondre gets stopped short. They review it, which those spot calls never get overturned which is what made the one at the end of the game even weirder, but (laughs) we'll get to that. But it was a bad challenge. Those plays never get overturned. Even if it is fourth in inches, you have that tush-push play, which literally doesn't get – I don't think it's ever been stopped, right? Have the Eagles ever been held on it?
1: I feel like maybe once, but then they just, like, ran it again and and got it. it. So
0: I guess you don't have that luxury on fourth down, but the chances of converting that fourth down are a lot higher – then the chances of winning that challenge. And ultimately they don't get any points. They convert it. They don't get any points anyway. Mac Jones was throws ugly interception all around, but that cost them later in the game. Cause when they're driving down the field, they're late. They probably should have had two drives. They probably should have been able if they didn't pick things up to punt the ball back to the dolphins and still have a chance to get the ball back with about a minute 32 minutes to go. They didn't have that. Cause they had burned a timeout on that challenge it was just another instance where it was just a, a really like self-inflicted wound head scratching decision. I think some of it goes to, to bring it back to what we were just talking about, Brian, they didn't want to go for it on fourth down. Cause they don't trust the offensive line because they don't trust the offensive line. And so much of what they're doing right now, playing with one hand tied behind their back willingly is because they're trying to work around an offensive line that I think they're a little bit afraid of.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. It, it's the, since the, the spring and summer, since we were watching, we said it's the biggest problem. It, and it's been kind of worst-case scenario with all these injuries, but it, it's still, still the biggest problem. And they need to hopefully, you know, the health and getting these guys back will lead to better results. But until we see it, uh, we won't know. But uh, we can talk a little Mac because, you know, uh, Again, it he didn't lose them the game, right? I thought there was some, some promising stuff. He was he had a bad interception that you kind of talked about there uh, briefly, uh, trying to hit Parker on a one-on-one with Xavier Howard down the right sideline, kind of an ugly throw, ill-advised pass. But with the bad offensive line, it looked he had some pretty impressive plays out of structure, which we haven't really seen from Mac, right? He had uh, the one. When he was rolling left, I forget who he threw it to. Along this, was it Parker? I think when Juju. he like, it was Juju when he rolled yeah. left and threw it, and then he had another one to Juju rolling right, and then the touchdown to Henry rolling right, and he picked up a like a third and fifteen with his legs. So we haven't really seen like playmaker Mac like that, you know, with the with his out of structure with his legs thrown on the run. But I thought that was. uh pretty positive from him and you know, he was good under pressure. PFF had him eight for 12, 64 yards and a touchdown, no turnover worthy plays. So another good performance under pressure, which again was the biggest thing we were really looking for. him. you know, coming off off of last year,
0: same thing. Like he wasn't great. He can be better. He made his mistakes, but if he was their worst player in that game, they probably win with what he did. Bad throw to Parker, bad yep. throw. Not going to say that wasn't, but Besides that, I, he, he was putting the ball on guys. I didn't think he really held the ball too long. Uh, I think he was sacked what twice. Right. And those were both pretty quick, uh, pretty quick rushes. I have it here four times. Okay. I think some uh, yeah. of those ones later in the game, maybe he's holding the box. He had to go deep, but they I, there weren't that many moments. I don't know if you felt the same Brian Rum I'm sitting there like, throw it, throw it, throw it. Like I thought it was, it was more so sort of a product of just the rush getting to him quickly. Um, you know, kind of started making things work with his legs, which is something that I I don't he shouldn't have to do, but it's if he's gonna do it, that's great. It's there's just not not enough around him. And and I've seen people bring up that fourth down throw, and there needs to be more on that ball, it needs to come out quicker. It probably could come out a beat quicker, but he also can't step into it because as soon as he gets to the back foot of his drop, he's got a guy right in his face. Yep. So it just goes back to the offensive line again, making things hard for him. Um it's it's going to be that weird thing. And and I we talked about it a little bit, Brian, this summer, that they were re- there's really only, we thought there were really only two outcomes for Mac Jones. He plays well, the team plays well. He gets the extension. He doesn't play well, it means the team's bad. He doesn't, they move on. There's that weirdo scenario, and I brought this up very briefly, neither of us thought it would happen, where he plays well and the team's still bad. Here and <laughs> I don't, I, he's not playing great, but this should be good enough in the modern NFL. Like if you switch the quarterbacks in that game, Brian, who wins?
1: Uh, Patriots.
0: You, you really, I think the dolphins win. You mean like put Mac on the dolphins two on the Patriots. Who
1: wins? Oh, like if you give Mac like two, uh, well, Oh yeah. I'd take the dolphins.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, it it was that simple. It was just, it wasn't. And it's, it's beating a dead horse at this point, And there's not much we can do. Because the roster is what it is. There's not enough talent around him. There's yeah. not. And then when you take the most explosive player off the field, it just it it, it pushes that. So I thought he can be better. He can definitely be better. I, I still don't think he's quite, you know, as of today, if we we're going to do like a tracker day by day, he's probably not getting the contract right now. But I also think he's been significantly better than he was last year. I think he shook a lot of the issues he had last year um but it's just it's it's he's he's not elevating this the, the rock the offense is built for him to elevate it and he's just not a quarterback that's going to do that he should be good enough to win when you have talented pieces around him they just haven't put the pieces around him
1: yeah it goes back to just like the bigger roster construction picture right like we yeah saying can they shore up the offensive tackle position with their resources in the offseason but they didn't want to do that. We've been clamoring for a number one receiver since they really drafted Mac, and they haven't done that. So you don't want to be in the position where you're in season three with a guy and trying to like say, oh, we still don't have the full picture of him because we don't know if the pieces around him are good enough or, or whatever. But they kind of still find themselves in that weird situation and watching Tua get to do it with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, obviously two extremes, like right. watching Waddle take a screen and just slipping and sliding through New England's defense for like 28 yards is one thing, but yeah, the, the talent level, when the Patriots take the field on offense, they're going to be outmatched talent-wise most most of the time, and that was definitely the case last night. Yeah. Yep.
0: That's what it came down to. They, they had more playmakers on offense than the, the Dolphins. There were more playmakers on offense for the Dolphins than there were for the Patriots. And as good as the Patriots defense is, and we'll get to the defense, uh, it, it's that same thing. where you need. I, some people say you can't win in the NFL without an elite offense anymore. I don't believe that. I do think there is a way to be a defensive-driven team and win. I think there's examples of that. I think the 49ers are a perfect example. That team's defense is better than its offense. But the offense still has guys that when you need a play made, can go out and make a play. You can't have no offense. You can't be exclusively defense and go out and win. And I feel like that's what the Patriots are at this point.
1: Yep. I agree. So we can get to the defense unless any other offensive things you want to bring up? Notes, uh, I think that's anything? it. Play. Two games tonight. You like anyone? Any props over a fan duel?
0: Yeah, I put out earlier, I, I was thinking of doing like a, a uh, parlaying anytime touchdown score in the two games. Thought that might be fun. I ended up going with uh, Nick Chubb in the Brown Steelers game. I mean, that, that's probably the easiest pick of either game. <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw Jamal Williams for the Saints, but I went with Chris Olave. I feel like they might try to open it up a little bit. So, um, and then I, have, I just have the two, two favorites tonight to cover. And they, yeah. They're going to be good games. They're going to be close games, divisional football. Uh, prime time. So it, they'll be fun to watch. I, I don't know how high quality the football is going to be, but they'll be dramatic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like the Browns, I think, two and a half favorite there. And if you're looking for a prop, I was looking Hayden Hurst over 27 and a half receiving yards for the Panthers. He had seven targets and like 40 yards last week. So I thought that seemed a little low. And maybe if they do air it out a little, he could be – he looks like he's going to be a big part of that passing game in Carolina after week one. So – if you're interested in any props, anyone out there, head over to FanDuel. Make sure to check all those out. But we can jump back over to last night's Patriots game and talk about the defense because they held Tua and all these speedsters at 24 points, 7 second-half points. And they did so with kind of like this three-safety shell was kind of the popular phrase going around. And Tua described it kind of as an umbrella over their speedsters last night. And I thought it was a fairly successful game plan. You know, that, that motion still gave them some, some difficulties, whether, cause they either play kind of off of it. And then those guys were able to just, you know, get, get some short passes and move the change with some yak. And then if they kind of jammed it, then they were able to hit those little short routes off the motion. So, I mean, that's the struggle with, with the dolphins, but, with the Patriots, you know, down Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones goes down early. You have to rely on a rookie and Christian Gonzalez, who played awesome, and Miles Bryant, who I thought held his own in a bad matchup against Jalen Waddell. I thought it was, again, a performance that you could have won with from the Patriots defense.
0: Yeah, it, I, I thought so too, but you saw that the impact of losing Jonathan Jones. Yeah. and It wasn't even Tyree Kill having a great game. It was they had a, a domino put, effect right put more assets towards him and you saw guys like river Craycraft. you saw guys like braxton <laughs> barrios they, they didn't have overwhelming numbers but they were making plays in key moments because they were winning their one-on-ones and yeah it, it they they're they got to figure something uh at a corner right now all they had three corners named jones to start the years their top three corners or three of four I guess with Gonzalez uh all three are now hurt which is pretty wild They did do some weird schematic stuff last night. I think they got a little little too in their head about what the Dolphins were doing. A couple things I noticed, that motion ate them alive. Yeah, I don't know how many times. And look, you got to be ready for it. And it's, tip your cap to to Mike McDaniel. He called a good game. and And the motion doesn't matter. There's a reason we talked about it all week. You do have to be ready for it. But there were three or four plays, Brian, especially in big situations where they put a man in motion and all 11 eyes would follow him at the snap of the ball. And then boom, the ball is going the other way. Like there was one where they ran Hill on a big sweeping wheel motion and the entire defense shifts that way. And Jalen Waddle kind of just cuts underneath. There's actually play. Marcus Jones got hurt and he's able to catch the ball with plenty of space. So I thought the motions ate him up and too much of the edge guys in coverage. I, we we talked about the game plan maybe being just dropping a lot in a coverage and flooding the zone and, and forcing the Dolphins to run the ball, which fine. But do that with defensive backs. I don't need Jelani Tavaya out in space on Raheem Mostert. I don't need Matthew Judon taking Jalen Waddle up the seam. No need for any of that. Let those guys rush the passer. Uh, so it, 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 in, those, in that sense, I thought it was weird. Um, I'd say more of a weird – I wouldn't characterize it as a bad game for the defense. I'd call it a weird game for the defense. I will say Christian Gonzalez was great. Yeah. Christian Gonzalez, another great game. It was an excellent pick. You saw that. I don't know if anyone's put up the all 22 of it yet, but in, in real time, I go back to the combine was when he, I kind of solidified him as my number one corner, the way he can move, how effortlessly he can move, how much ground he can cover. <clears throat> He's not near Tyree kill when that ball's thrown. I don't think that was his assignment. And yet he gets there and beats Hill to the ball who was standing. I mean, it was essentially an arm pun. It was an absolute balloon, but gets there in time to get better positioning and win the fight for the football. That's a high level play, high level play by Christian Gonzalez. So they are banged up at corner. It's going to be something they're going to have to handle here. And it's going to be something to monitor. But I, you know, getting in this spot, Marcus Jones goes down last night. John Jones goes out and it's like, you'd love to say in this situation, you're going to put it all on your rookie corner. You're going to put all on your number one corner and just have him kind of make up the difference with a rookie You're kind of like, ah, is he ready? I think they're at a spot where they can start putting a lot on Christian Gonzalez's plate here. And it is sort of sink or swim, but rather than having to essentially change up their entire coverage plans and and take guys out of the box and all that, put, put some more on Christian Gonzalez's plate if they're going to be missing corners and let's see if he can win on an Island and play 10 on 10 on the other side because they need that right now with where their secondary's at.
1: Yeah. And and 100% of the snaps again, right? Which is, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a necessity now with all these cornerbacks dropping like flies, all the Joneses. But uh, wh- exactly what we wanted with with a first-round pick, I think you know we both set out the draft, play these guys 80, 90% of the time, and he hasn't missed a defensive snap. So uh, he's been awesome. I know, you know PFF grades, again, are what they are, but he was their highest-graded defender he might have been their highest graded player too i I forget exactly but definitely their highest graded defender he i think pff had him like two targets zero catches and direct coverage on hill and one catch for 15 yards on waddle which looked like one of those off coverage plays so again always take those with a grain of salt but you see his impact and that interception yeah it was it was awesome he said after like peppers they had a check so peppers kind of like took the flat there on that hill motion and kind of forced him outside and then gonzalez almost dropped back into like a a safety role and you mentioned the athleticism like tua looked him off and then went back to hill but he was still able to close that close that ground pretty effortlessly and make an awesome high point catch there for the interception so he he looks he looks the part He, he looks really good and Tough to have a uh, first test of AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill to play that well is impressive, and now he's got Garrett Wilson. If he's going to be healthy next week, I know he left that Jets game early, so we'll see with Garrett Wilson. But just another big test test for him, but they'll need him. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought going back to the Dolphins, I mean, they had a, a good game plan. I thought to attack it. Right, they they did. Run the ball, which is something we said in our preview just let them run the ball. But yeah. they did a good job of kind of attacking horizontally in the run game. And Tua got the ball out like really quick. I think uh, next gen stats had him uh, 2.08 seconds, which was like the fourth fastest since 2020. So he just got the ball out really quick, let his speed guys go to work after the catch, and just kind of a Yeah, Like you said, like a weird game from the defense. They kind of let them get the yards, try to shut them down in the end zone when they can't really, or the red zone when they can't really capitalize on the speed. And yeah, just weird, weird's a good way to kind of describe it.
0: I don't want to say they played poorly. They just, they had their worst plays at the worst times. Like the Rimo Mostert run and um, the, uh, I I think it was pretty borderline on that Marte Mapu penalty, but it's whatever it was, it was called. That was a rough time, so I thought they more or less executed their gameplay like 95 percent of the game they executed their game plan the way they wanted to but that five percent was just so costly
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, it, is what it became so i'm not like out on the defense or anything i'm not down on the defense i'm expecting a big performance from them next week whatever the turnover number is i'll take the over <laughs> but uh just weird game which is what it's been for them against the dolphins like i talked about this before the game brian yeah, two was four and oh against Bill. He's now five and oh against Bill. That is true. theres it, it, that's a fact. but it's not like he's going out there and lighting up Bill's defenses, including last night's twenty three point two points per game against the Patriots in his five starts. um I want to see what that would rank just for context. Uh, but it's more just they're getting timely plays rather than a lot of big plays and then the offense, of course is coming up short. so what did I say it was for Tua? 23.2 points per game? Yep. That would be the... Do, 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 do. Why isn't this sorted by points per game? This is super weird. That would be the... That's like a middle-of-the-pack offense. That's like uh, the 13th or 14th ranked offense in the league if you sustain that first season. So He's been fine. He He's made plays. I'm not saying he's been bad against Bill. He's been fine, but... That number a lot more about what the Patriots offense has done against the Dolphins defense than it is about what Tua is doing against Bill. Yep.
1: Yeah, but you have the opposite version of that in Zach Wilson next week. So, right. Uh, I look, FanDuel doesn't have like interception odds out for for Wilson yet. But uh, okay. Patriots are. I'll blindly
0: take the over. That's fine. I'll blindly take the over.
1: Patriots are three point favorites. And if you want to bet, the only one like properly out there right now is Jets total points over under 17 and a half. So, I think okay. they I think they scored like 10 against Dallas, so we'll, we'll see there. But um someone asked quickly speaking of the corners what happened to Amir Speed and John Jones? Speed is is healthy. He's just mostly playing special teams. i am probably assuming Isaiah Bolden was the one who got hurt uh, yeah. in that Packers preseason game. He's on on IR. He's done for the year. And then John Jones popped up on Thursday with an ankle injury. Sounds like he got hurt in practice. Um, Tariko kind of hinted at that too. He said he, he kind of blatantly said he heard it heard it Thursday in practice. So he'd
0: have to not be on the injury report Wednesday, limited yeah. Thursday, non-participant Friday. That's generally what that means.
1: Yeah. So just kind of bad bad timing there. But uh, I mean, speaking of speed, do you think we might have to? might have to see him here soon with the with the secondary i know they miles bryant played well and sean wade seemed decent he was kind of their nickel corner there with all the injuries but uh, are we getting to a point where we might have to call on a mere speed here
0: maybe it it does seem like they see him as a specialist i wonder if they go to the practice squad at that point i know they worked out a couple corners Last week, Miles Brooks was one of them. They have those two open practice squad spots now. So they, look at the guys they signed last week. They, uh, it was a defensive end, a linebacker. Not guys they signed, guys they worked out. They
1: did sign a corner, like Holler, William Holler, wasn't William he? Hooper. Yeah. He so they have him. William
0: Hooper. I, I like Miles Brooks, honestly. So Miles Brooks was at the Shrine Bowl. Shrine Bowl, them. yep. Big guy, and they're going to, they need size. I don't know how big, I don't think Hooper's that big, is he?
1: Um,
0: I think he's more of a Not sure. Oh, there's a famous William Hooper. He was a <laughs> founding father. Look at that. Uh William Hooper, NFL. He is uh wow, this this guy is yeah, he's 5'10. So he's slot okay. corner. Um yeah, I look at a guy like Miles Brooks. If they can sign him, is a guy I now you gotta get him going in time, but I seem to think they I I I I think that they think mere speech, just a just a specialist. specialist. It'd be like yeah. saying, "Oh, they're banged up at receiver. Like, is Matthew Slater going to play?" I think yeah. it's kind of similar.
1: Yep, I mean his that graphic right when the ninety or the fifty-three man roster, he was a specialist. His lockers yeah. over there with the specialist. That uh, that seems like his role. But
0: by the way, how about this? I am uh, being accused of wrongfully blaming Mac Jones. Like somebody, somebody is actually saying I'm being too hard on Mac. This is a first. Wow. I'm proud of myself. How about that? Uh, I don't think it's primarily Mac Jones' fault. I feel like I've said the opposite of that. Uh, yeah, you're you're confusing me with Evan. Somebody said <laughs> you're confusing me with Evan Lazar. But I, I, I've i been texting Evan today. I think you guys are going to be surprised by his takes this week. But
1: really, uh, he- could
0: Mac Jones be better? Yes. Is this primarily his fault? Absolutely not.
1: Uh, so anything else defensively? I mean, I thought, uh, I thought Kyle Duggar had a really good game. I know he kind of had a bad angle. A few guys had a bad angle on that long Mostert run. That was just a bad execution play all around. It seemed, but, uh, I thought Duggar played well. He had a, that nice pass breakup where it was like a zero blitz and he kind of dropped out, got his hand on it. He had another tackle, I forget when it was in the game, but it looked like it might have saved another score. So I thought he played pretty well overall. Um, any other thing you had defensively where we can get into the, the real good special team stuff that that stole the show throughout the night?
0: Yeah, I honestly, I thought uh, Keon White was really good again. And yeah. I know he didn't show up much on the stat sheet. That's because Miami was double, triple teaming him. They were all over him. So... That shows you what kind of respect he's getting ready. Uh, that shows you what kind of respect he's getting already from yep. teams around the NFL. So that if he's going to draw that kind of attention, that's good. But then again, you had Matthew Judon dropping back in a coverage instead of rushing on the other side. So, but yeah. uh, Keon White hype train stays up.
1: He had that one play going around Twitter where like he blew the end back like ten yards on a run, and then of course Mostert still picked up like eight yards, but. Uh yeah, Keon White another another really good game. So, hopefully they can keep getting him opportunities, keep getting him on the field. But let's jump over to special teams cuz that was awesome. That that design, yes. that field goal block um with they used the Mike McDaniel Tyreek Hill motion just with Brendan Schooler and you know, he came flying in off the edge there, blocked it. Everyone we've talked to on the team was like, we've never seen that before in our lives. And they all credited Joe Judge, Joe Houston, Cam Acord for that design, finding something in Miami's weakness in, in that in their field goal operation to take advantage of it. If if no one's seen, Pat McAfee had a really good breakdown today. I retweeted it on my Twitter uh, if anyone wants to go watch. where If you watch Jake Bailey, former Patriot, who's their holder, it looks like he takes... You know, he looks at the kicker, says "you good," and then he looks back, and it looks like he takes this like big deep breath, and his head bumps down a little bit. And they're saying that might have been the tell, and the Patriots might have known that obviously from working with Bailey the last few years, so they took advantage of it. And Schooler timed it up perfectly. Slater said today he's the only guy on the team who who could have made that play, and he made the play. So that that was an an awesome you know design and executed perfectly.
0: So it's funny in terms of what you're doing on that play and it's, it's big timing and athleticism. That's what that play is. It's timing, and athleticism. The, the core concepts behind that play are actually very similar to what it was when teams would have the guy jump over the line and you saw one team do that and then it blew up and it was all around the league and every team suddenly had a guy it was Jamie Collins here. Remember that did all. that right until that play became illegal. You, like you said, you, it, but it was the same thing where, you needed to know exactly when the ball was going to be staffed. Cause you needed that running start. You needed to be getting over the line essentially as the ball was being snapped to get over there and block it. I, so teams know how to find these tells. It was probably a little easier for the Patriots with Jake Bailey, given the fact that he had been here, but I think you're going to maybe not this week, maybe not next week. Might take a couple of weeks to install. Teams are going to want to pick their spots, but I think you're going to start seeing that play now by the, by the time we get to like December, you're going to see a handful of teams running that play. And it's going to be really easy to see. It's going to be really interesting to see how they counter it. Cause like the jumping over the line play and you saw it with schooler on the second one, even if they don't get there, watch Jason Sanders head. Yeah. Saunders head. Like he's looking at schooler as He kicks the ball and he pulls it right. It's something kickers have to think about now. So I, I don't think we'll see it like tonight, but Give it a couple weeks. weeks. Like let's get to Thanksgiving. I think you're going to start seeing that play around the league. And 100%. it'll, I, I don't know how they out, outlaw it. Unless they just it's say you have to be in the box or
1: something. Yeah.
0: Right. That, but that would be weird. Cause it'd be the only player that's true. Um, yeah. I, I don't really know how they outlaw that. And you, you need a certain kind of athlete to do it for sure. I'm not saying it's like going to be easy to do, but that might become like a thing the way they try to block that field goal, that might become a new sort of trend around the NFL.
1: Yeah. Copycat league. And exactly the, you, you hit my next point on that next, you know, Sanders kick, like schoolers in that same spot. He doesn't time it up as well. He doesn't get in there, but I mean, it just, he said it after the game, like once you block a kick like that, it's tough you know you rattle them it's tough to stay focused he said talking to our specialist who you know we'll get into our specialist in a second and a little more but when you get guys around your feet like they don't they don't like that pressure around their feet so it, it can rattle them it can impact them and you saw Sanders had a chance to ice ice the game there with like 2 minutes left and he missed a kick so and it it could mess up other teams timings going forward right if teams start getting in their own heads and saying like we got to switch our, our tells or we got to, you know, switch our timing on our field goal operation so they can't block it. Now you're messing with, with kickers who are real like rhythm players and, and routine players. If you have to switch up their, their routine there, that could, that could impact them negatively. So just, just a real awesome design. Uh, would love to know like which one of the three guys came up with that or spotted the tell out of judge Houston, well, and Accord. but
0: so, Slater said today they tried something similar 10 years ago, like he right? couldn't make it work. Yeah. So maybe judge his first stint here. Like that's something that it sounds like they didn't come up with that this year. Like that's been something they've tinkered with for a while now. Yeah. So maybe Slater came up with it.
1: Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was just a, an awesome design. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that kind of, you know, if that's something they can keep running with, with different tells on the opposition, or I'm sure, as you said, we'll we'll start to see that from some other teams. But uh, also in the special teams department, I know you were getting ready there to write. Does Bill Belichick trust Chad Ryland? But yeah, uh, uh, they let him kick. They let him kick forty nine yarder, which was dead center in the stat sheet. There, uh, perfect execution. People are saying he is the Greatest statistical kicker of all time, Mr. Ryland. So he was perfect there, made both of his extra points. So then Bryce Barringer again, was awesome, flipping the field, three punts inside the 20, couple plus 50 punts too, pinning them deep down, which was one of his concerns uh, coming out of Michigan State there. So business as usual for those two guys. They were they were awesome as well.
0: Yeah. I, I, how pumped up was Ryland to hit that first field goal? His, do you see where his next kickoff landed? it was
1: like out wasn't it was it?
0: on the gray track around the yeah. field. So he was clearly <laughs> jacked up. So yeah, I'm I'm glad they let Rylan kick. I'm glad they let him get that rep. We'll see if he gets any more moving forward, but thoughts specialists were good. Good night for special teams. Yep. <laughs> for, I know some people are going to roll their eyes at that, but it was a good night for the special teams.
1: Yep. He was all smiles after that. He was loving that, but um I think that that pretty much covers the game. Unless any other thing we missed that, that you wanted to point out? not we can be on our way here
0: we didn't really talk about the last play okay (laughs) i i just a a quick thought on that because i've seen a lot of people be like oh you know if it's if they don't overturn it you know you get it and uh and the patriots win the game i would just say this and it honestly reminds me of the raiders game last year not just because it was a lateral if you get to the point where your chance to win the game comes down to your guard needing to pick up three yards on the ground off of laterals from your backup tight end on fourth down. Uh, things went wrong well before you got to that point. Like I said, I said it after the Raiders game last year, because people were like, Oh, Mac Jones didn't tackle Chandler Jones. If when you're losing the game comes down to your quarterback, tackling a 6'5, 260 pound freak athlete, defensive end, you screwed up before he got in, in the point to make that tackle. That shouldn't be your margin. So I just, I don't know on that play. I'm not bothered by it because don't be in that spot. And and I think that's kind of who this team is and it's who they were last year. Like there's weird things that are happening to them at the end of games. And we focus on those. It's, it's what's leading to them being in those spots for those weird things to happen. That's really the killer.
1: What'd you think of Gasicki on that play? Cause I know that's a good play. Like break that tackle, but it was kind of a, a you know, it wasn't a great throw like Mac was under pressure, but is that a tackle you'd like to see him make and pick up the first down by himself? I mean, it was a great awareness play to throw it back after, you know, he realized he wasn't going to get it. But before that, would you like to see him pick that up? I wouldn't. He put effort into, into breaking the tackle and, 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 you know, he's
0: reaching that ball for there. I thought it was going to get punched out. Yeah. (laughs) But it's again, I, I like, I honestly, to me, it's run the rap deeper.
1: Yeah. Because
0: he, he he had a guy on his hip, I think that 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 route's designed to kind of be catch and tackle. That's not a yak route in that situation. So if I'm going to nitpick him there, it's it's run the route to the sticks. It's not necessarily anything he did after catching the ball. But again, it's your margin shouldn't be so thin that you have to convert a fourth and four there.
1: Yeah, It's
0: just that's that's the and it, it's not like it's one week of it. <clears> it's every week, and that's the problem.
1: Yep. But uh, at least Bill can say he drafted a first round pass catcher now, right? Cole strange. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. I don't think <laughs> he doesn't get a reception for that though. Does he?
1: No, he, he's like in the stat book. He's like listed under the receiving, but it's like zero receptions for three receiving. yards. Oh yeah. So, Cole strange. What a performance. But, um, go. Yeah. That, that'll, I think wrap it up from us today. As we said, Patriots drop. zero and two first time since 2001. So, Last thing, Alex, are, are you? I know the history, statistics says pretty tough to make the playoffs from this point. So is, that, is pl- playoffs out of the picture now, or are you kind of writing writing that out for this team?
0: Well, the historical context is up against them. And only 15% of teams since 1990 that have started 0-2 make the playoffs. I know there's that extra playoff spot, but it's not necessarily about that, that stat's not necessarily about how hard it is to make the playoffs. It's more generally when a team starts 0-2, that's who they are. Yep. So last year, the Bengals started 0-2 and, and made the playoffs. They were the first team to do that since 2018. And obviously, we know that Bengals team has tremendous margin for error given the talent they have. Do the Patriots have that margin for error? Because of the other six teams that started last season winless through the first two weeks, they averaged 5.7 wins for the season. And that's, you can talk about the extra playoff spot all you want. You need like 10, 11 playoff spots. You need it to be the NBA to, to make the playoffs with five five or six wins. So it's not like that I'm like, oh, they're 0-2. It's an impossible hole to climb out of. It's more just, to they're 0-2, they might be an 0-2 team. And I know they've been close, but they're kind of the inverse. They might be the inverse of what the Vikings were last year. The Vikings were what, like fourteen and three, something stupid. But they were like eleven and zero in one score, one score games. Game. And that's just yeah. not gonna happen. That's not sustainable. Are the Patriots the reverse of that? That's kind of what it feels like.
1: Yep. I'd agree. But they gotta gotta start with a win down in New York this week and uh, me and Alex will be back to break or preview that game on Thursday, I believe. So make sure you are subscribed to the Patriots Press Pass so you know when we go live. But until then, follow Alex over on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and go to 98.5thesportshub.com to read all his coverage from yesterday's game. Follow me on Twitter at IambrianHines and go to patspulpit.com to read all my coverage from that Sunday night game as well. Thank you all for tuning in, as always, and we will see you guys later this week.